Welcome to episode 22 of Mortgage Genomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. Like I do every time, I'm going to begin the episode with another GarageBand production. Uh, this is a tune I created over Thanksgiving weekend, and it's called The Thing About Money. I hope you enjoy it. selfish and I love it um, that's one of the cool things about hosting your own podcast you can you can give it your personal touch pretty much to uh, whatever whatever you want in saying that the personal touch it's uh, it's something definitely you know that you have to practice and develop over time um, like my narration or dialogue from episode to episode I'm naturally a foul-mouthed um, sarcastic kind of talker but um for whatever reason not on the podcast so i don't know it just doesn't feel right but who knows that's how i feel now um how that will evolve down the road in future episodes um we shall see and for my music same thing it's not like i'm practicing it all the time it's more you know like a stress relief escape kind of thing you know um I'm already rambling on here, getting all philosophical and silly. So let's jump right into the hugely intriguing mortgage content I have prepared for you today. Um, before we get into it, the big election coming up here in Canada. And I thought I should start off the episode informing you all about the various proposals by the six political parties participating in this election. Yep, six of them. Not sure if this episode is going to land prior um, to the election results. I doubt it. But in case it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Whoever wins will see if they practice what they preached. So um, let's start with the incumbent Liberal Party and their promise to tackle housing affordability. So the Liberals want to build 100,000 affordable homes over a decade and offer first-time home buyers subsidies of 10% on new purchases and 5% on resales. And of course, this is with various restrictions that we'll find out later. Um, 
they would loosen restrictions in expensive markets and put a surtax on absentee foreign owners. They want to retrofit 1.5 million homes for energy efficiency and offer interest-free loans up to $40,000 to make houses weather resilient. All right, let's move on to the conservatives. Conservatives would ease regulations to get new homes built. Um, the party would raise amortization limits to 30 years for CMHC-backed mortgages and change the mortgage stress test for first-time home buyers. It would implement a 20% green homes tax credit for up to $20,000 spent over two years um, to pay for energy-saving renovations and promises a public inquiry examining real estate money laundering. New Democrats. New Democrats want to build 500,000, half a million affordable housing units over 10 years. Until then, they propose a rental subsidy. They want to scrap the federal GST, HST, for those constructing new affordable units. The party would reintroduce 30-year terms, uh, just like the conservatives, for mortgages insured by the CMHC for first-time homebuyers and give low-interest loans to retrofit homes. It proposes a 15% surtax on foreign buyers and doubling the home buyer's tax credit to $1,500. The Bloc Quebecois, which probably won't win the election, but uh, the Bloc proposes allowing natural disaster victims uh, be able to take money out of their RSP without penalty or tax to renovate their home post-disaster. Uh, they would have to prove damage was caused by a climate change-related event. It also wants more money for Quebec social housing, but hasn't provided a detailed plan for spending it. All right, good luck. Green, good luck to these guys too. The party proposes building 25,000 new affordable units and renovating 15,000 others every year for the next 10. It wants to legislate housing as a legally protected fundamental human right for all Canadians and appoint a minister of housing to oversee the national housing strategy. The party also wants more resources available for housing co-ops and to scrap the Liberals' first-time homebuyer incentive. They don't like that first-time homebuyer incentive. Okay, and lastly, the uh, the People's Party, you know, that. If, if, if you're aware of uh, this party, again, good luck to this party. The party has not released specific policy on this issue, uh, but we do know the leader, Maxime Bernier, has uh, on record blamed high housing costs in Toronto and Vancouver on zoning regulations and high immigration levels. I agree with the uh, zoning regulations big time. Okay, so there you have it. Our uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six parties. People wonder why uh, it's so hard to get a majority government in Canada. But anyhow, we've got six parties. Um, if you missed it, the debates are, uh, yeah, they're they're very uh, short-lived. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy the debates. But anyhow, good luck to everyone and all their parties, whoever you're voting for. Uh, we're not going to get into that. You can keep your thoughts to yourself. I'll keep mine to myself. And um, good luck. We'll, we'll see how uh, Canada evolves in the next four years. 
All right. So now that you guys are fully informed on the political front there, as far as uh, the, pol- uh, the the policies on housing, um, let's see which party keeps its word. So, um, so that's it. Okay. So I wanted to dedicate an entire episode on down payment rules for mortgage qualification. Um, so let's get at it. When when you think of qualifying for a mortgage, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is probably all the income verification documents that you have to provide. Um, and of course, the sometimes, you know, nail biting credit pull that determines if you fall within the qualification thresholds uh, for those fully discounted interest rates, the cheap money, as I like to say. But one qualification criteria that's getting more and more focus uh, or attention and you know probably for important reasons is the down payment right probably the last item you would expect any fuss about when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage and for the most part it should be a relatively laid-back part of the process and I mean really I can think of one major situation off the top of my head um, where things might possibly upend a deal. Like here, here's an example. Say, say you put an offer down on a property and it costs you exactly what you were approved for. Like your approval said you're good for a $400,000 mortgage and bang, you're like, okay, I'm going for it. You're going for the limit, $400,000. By doing that, you're not leaving any sort of margin for error. You're all in, okay? So you're going for it. So now you've placed the offer on the property uh, your realtor managed to get you seven days for financing conditions and uh, you and your broker or banker speed your way through the bulk of the mortgage conditions, you know, satisfying, especially the deal breaker type of conditions like employment, uh, debt pay downs, you know, stuff like that, all before the all important subjects removal date. And then, of course, there are some stray or minor conditions Uh, that remain after the subject removal date like maybe you know you may require updated pay stubs or maintaining your current credit balances like you know not going out and financing a brand new bmw Uh, not getting fired or quitting your job of course and uh, and of course the the down payment verification process that that's a common one that may be left kind of stray you know after the subject removal so In other words, if the down payment for this property, let's say, was $20,000, you would have to prove, okay, and or verify that you have had possession or gradually accumulated $20,000 in the last 90 days. Okay, so all along, this has maybe been a foregone conclusion, you know, with your mortgage broker or your banker. Since day one, when asked about your down payment, by your broker or banker, you replied, yep, I got it, 20000 ready to go. And of course, you know, your your mortgage guy uh, acknowledged that music to his or her ears. You know, they check that off the box. Uh, we're good to go with the down payment. Let's move forward. But for whatever reason, your, your, your mortgage person doesn't request any verification documents for your down payment at this point, nor... Do they ask you anything about the source of it? Probably just assuming you've got it nicely stowed away in your savings account for the last 90 days. Okay. After all, you and your uh, broker or banker satisfied the most important condition, that being your employment, right? 
But here we are now. The, the subject's removal date for your offer has come and gone. Your deposit was cashed and your deal is now firm. Okay, there's no way out now. The broker is wrapping up the minor details, tying up the loose ends after the weekend, and finally you provide the verification document for your $20,000 down payment. Uh, your broker receives the email. He opens up the attachment and bang. We're talking mic drop here. Okay, the $20,000 down payment, it's coming from a personal line of credit. So now you have to factor in another $600 a month. Uh, against your debt service ratios because every borrowed dollar you use for a down payment amounts to a 30 cent bump, a bump up of liability in your qualification ratios. And $600 a month is a game changer, you know, and possibly a deal breaker, especially for this person. Like they, they, they have no margin for error. They, they maxed out, they qualified for 400 and they're like, we're going for 400. So, for sure, a deal breaker, if you purchase the property at your maximum allowable mortgage amount, uh, like there's absolutely no wiggle room in the deal at this point. So this type of thing would be classified as a major situation. Um, money from borrowed sources like lines of credit is, is allowed for down payment. Absolutely, it's allowed, but its impact on the debt servicing ratios is significant. And that's the 30 cents for every borrowed dollar I mentioned earlier. So heads up on this, if you're planning on using borrowed money for a down payment, um, make sure your broker or banker is fully aware. Uh, don't leave it to chance if they have maybe forgot, forgotten to ask you about it, um, fully disclose it upfront because you don't wanna be caught at the end. So your mortgage provider should definitely be aware of it as a, as a result of taking your application, but some fail to completely ask if your down payment is from borrowed sources. And uh, believe me on this, even if a broker banker forgets to inform you of this undoing, it's still all on you. Just remember everything in mortgage qualification needs to be proven uh, or verified. Another down payment deal killer, cash, like cold hard cash tucked under your pillow cash that has never seen a financial institution um, now we're getting into the anti-money laundering rules uh, that every bank in canada must adhere to so having cash stowed underneath your pillow is fine but only if you can verify the source and of course the source of transaction that produced the cash needs to be legit and legal right so maybe you sold your vehicle or some other valuable personal possession not including illicit drugs or narcotics where you will have to produce documentation to accurately verify the transaction so if you don't have a paper trail of your cash and a legitimate paper trail at that the lender will not accept your down payment and if there are no other alternatives from you as a viable or acceptable down payment, the mortgage would then revert to a uh, decline status. And that's that, the deal's dead. So heads up, cash is king, yes, but in the mortgage, wor in the mortgage world, you need a complete paper trail. Okay, there's, uh, there's one more down payment deal killer that I can think of, and that is wiring money 
from overseas. So this can also be a grueling verification process as it requires a complete paper trail from its origin country all the way to the Canadian bank and every possible pit stop in between. And to add to it, there are simply some countries where the Canadian banking system does not accept wired money transfers from. And if I recall correctly, or the last time I remembered, it was uh, Iran, Syria, and North Korea. So just as with cash, wired money transfers are absolutely acceptable, but you must provide a complete paper trail of its journey to Canada. So I just outlined a few down payment deal killers, but what I really wanted to talk about in this episode was the actual paper trail part of verifying the source of the down payment. Now, it's not a rocket science type of task, but for whatever reason, it's a part of the document submission process where many applicants struggle with. And it's the part of the mortgage where applicants are adamantly sure of, like it's a supremely undeniable thing, right? Like, of course I got the cash. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you the statements and all the stuff you need. All good, brother, right? Down payment, no problem. So then the ask from the broker comes. I need a 90-day history of the funds you intend to use for the down payment. A 90-day history of the funds you intend to use for the down payment. And also, whatever documents you provide, this would seem to be a very logical and reasonable ask here. Your name and account number must appear on the document. Okay, so let's rephrase that ask from your broker or banker. I need a 90-day history of the funds you intend on using for your down payment and whatever you provide, the documentation, your name and account number must appear on that document. And that's it. Pretty simple, right? You wouldn't believe the pain this causes for some. Right, So these are basically just little things, little minor things. But because they're minor, some applicants overlook them um, or don't really take them seriously. Like instead of 90 days, someone will provide 63 days for some peculiar reason. Or one of your deposits include a sum greater than $5,000, which would only be undisputed if that $5,000 was paid into your account from your employer. But... Being a deposit over $5,000, this triggers yet another 90-day history or legitimate paper trail of that particular $5,000, okay? Or here's a very common one, documents with your 90-day bank balance, which is awesome. You're on track right there. You got the 90 days, but absolutely no reference to your name or account number on the document. This is especially the case, you know, with those little bank passbook things, passbook uh you insert it into your ATM machine and it prints out your transactions. Yeah, like that does not, that's not acceptable. It doesn't have your name on it. I think maybe it might have an account number, but uh, that doesn't work. I even once received cell phone photos of cash for down payment verification. Totally not acceptable unless you have a clear paper trail, not a picture trail, a paper trail of where it came from. So in this case, it was for part of a bigger down payment. So the total down payment was $25,000 and the applicant had $2,000 in cash that never saw a bank account. 
So, but it did see a camera, right? Because I had pictures of it. The $2,000 ended up getting verified. Um, not from the pictures, obviously. The customer texted me. Uh, but from the paper trail that the applicant retained from the sale of a vehicle. And still, even when providing the bill of sale and other registration and insurance cancellation documents, it was only accepted on exception basis from the lenders, from their senior management. And what made it extra difficult was the fact that the buyer paid for the vehicle with cash rather than a bank draft or certified check. And uh, yeah, it's crazy to think, but had this amount not been accepted by the lender, the deal would have collapsed. The down payment was $25,000 and the full $25,000 needed to be verified. Um, even if you verify $24,999, the lender would persist for documentation on the extra dollar. So the full down payment amount verification is required. Okay, so it's all about documentation. My message to everyone on down payment, treat this process like an FBI interrogation type of experience. Okay, just remember, you need to prove that you can genuinely and legally accumulate the funds. But there is one exception that trumps pretty much all the requirements and that is when you receive a gift from a family member which is uh, exactly what it implies if mom or dad or a sibling give you the cash for a down payment all that is required is that the giftor acknowledges that the gift is in fact a gift meaning that there are absolutely no strings attached or no intent to expect the proceeds back at any time in the future this form of down payment is valid and it's accepted upon signed acknowledgement from the giftor, okay? So mom and dad would have to sign a gift letter and uh, you'd be good to go. Then uh, a bank statement would conclude the whole verification by simply showing the proceeds being deposited into the recipient's bank account. So no 90-day period required, but uh, still account ownership verification. So let's review the key points for down payment verification. Uh, number one, 90 days history. Very important. Uh, number two, rogue deposits into your bank account. Um, could be over 2,000, 3,000, or 4,000, whatever the bank deems as uh, you know suspicious or irregular to your regular deposit pattern. Other than this amount being deposited by your employer, this will also require 90 days. So those rogue deposits other than your, your income um, from your employer. And lastly, clear reference to your name somewhere on the document. And that's it. That's all I got. If anyone has any questions or wanted to discuss any of what I just talked about, feel free to reach out to me directly. My toll-free number is 1-855-437-5626. And that spells HFS loan. So 1-855-HFS-LOAN, or you can text me at 604-800-9593, or just go to my website, marcogello.com. That's Marco with a K-G-E-L-O.com, and you'll find all my details there. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in Alberta and BC, so if you're listening and you're from these two provinces, I'm your guy. It was good chatting with you today. All the musical tracks you hear on the podcast are performed and produced by yours truly. If you like what you hear, go ahead and visit my SoundCloud space at Marco Music, where you'll find past tracks that I've produced for previous episodes. Thanks again for tuning into Mortgageonomics. Take care. Talk to you again soon.